Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast that celebrates films we think are underrated, underappreciated, underseen, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. You can find us across all the social media channels. We're Just Films and That. We've also got a regular spot on the local TV network where you can find us on the telly every Friday night from six o'clock, but we'll talk more about that at the end. For this week, I am your host, Alice Oliver, and with me, as always, is Josh Hallam. Hello there, Josh. Hello. How are we doing today? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed, because, listeners, we have another fantastic guest for you. He is a comedian, he is a video creator, he is one of the funniest people on Twitter right now. It's Matt Green. Matt, a very warm welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very well. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, So to start the episodes where we have a guest, we like to ask a random question. It's just to get to know you a little bit better. And this week's question is, what or who is your favourite cartoon character? Wow, that's a good one. Um, I, I mean, I think the one that just comes straight to mind has to be Homer Simpson. Yeah. He's it's a classic. <laughs> an absolutely classic character. And I, I, I'll i be honest, I haven't watched The Simpsons for quite a long time, but I was a huge fan when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. those first sort of few series just are absolutely indelibly in my memory. And there are so many, there are so many lines and scenes that I'll, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever forget. And I think, yeah, I think Homer Simpson just is the perfect sort of comedy sitcom dad character. Um, so, so much sort of stupidity and yet warmth and everything. Yeah. Uh, it would have to be him for me. Some of The Simpsons as well is so, so funny. Every now and then, if I'm having like a rainy Sunday afternoon or whatever, I'll hop on Disney Plus and just watch episode after episode after episode. And those first sort of 10, 11 seasons, absolute gold. But then it really took a slope downhill, I feel, after a certain point. I remember watching, because we, I remember, I mean, this is showing my age. I remember we had, like, VHSs of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you oh, had to yeah. buy, you could you, you bought, like, f- it was, like, four episodes yeah. or something on a VHS. And then we just watched those same episodes over and over, over and over and over again. Yeah. And Until you knew the was, words. I know, I could practically <laughs> quote them back. I mean, probably not anymore, but there was a point where I could have definitely quoted them verbatim. I also had those videos. 
Oh, so yeah. long that we, was like, we used oh. to tape it off the telly as well. Well, that, well that's illegal, Alice. So, you know, <laughs> oh, sorry, no, we never did. We didn't do that. Fox. No, we, ne- we, we never did. Do that no Disney, one's ever ever taped anything off the telly. Um, I, th- I think the statute of limitations is probably gone. Now. You're probably okay. <laughs> um, I um, so I had those videos as well. There was like there was an army themed one. So you had the mm. one, the, the one where ones, like Lisa yes. went in the army with Bart, and the one where he fought Nelson, and other army ones, all the Halloween ones. There was one I yeah. think that was like food related or like all to do with food. There was um, the one I remember really well was the X Files one. Yes, where uh, where yeah. Mr. Burns t- it turned out to be Mr. Burns because he was glowing from the radiation yep. or something, yep. and so and it had Mulder and Scully. So and I think good. I think I I think it was one of the first times I remember being really aware of like my two favourite shows, because The Simpsons was one of my favourite shows and The X-Files was one of my favourite shows. And the, this idea that you could somehow have them together crossover. kind of totally blew my, yeah. blew my mind. That's the crossover yeah. for you right there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, what about you, Josh? Who or what is your favourite cartoon character? It's a tough one because I'm exceptionally immature, so I watch a lot of cartoons. Oh, same thing, um, don't worry. So don't worry. Homer Simpson did come to mind for me. Other ones, I was torn between like cartoons for kids and cartoons for adults or, you know, Homer Simpson who's sort of in between as well. So yeah, Homer Simpson, Peter Griffin, Rick from Rick and Morty. But the first one, I suppose the first one that came to mind for favourite is Bugs Bunny. Oh, really? Real classic? Because he's just, I think, maybe it's not even my favourite. It was when you said cartoon, it was the first one that came to mind was was Bugs Bunny. I'll be honest, it was it was similar with me as well. Yeah. Like I, as soon as you said cartoon, I thought Bugs Bunny too, yeah. and then I sort of thought maybe that's a bit yeah. But no, you're right, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, Alice, what about you? Oh, a, dif- a difficult one. I, I thought this was a great question when I came up with it, and then I realised, well, hang on a minute, it's going to take me a while to think about. I too love cartoons, South Park, BoJack. But I do think what one of my favourite, if not the best cartoon for me, is Futurama. And so I'd have to say Bender. Mm. I just think he's absolutely hilarious. But then also, one of the main reasons he is hilarious is because of Fry. So it's like the two of them together make each other hilarious. So uh, I'd say Bender and Fry are tied in first place. <laughs> but I also love Stan from South Park as well. Like when As the seasons went on a little bit, you really kind of realise that he's the real voice of reason in amongst all this chaos. And that kind of, it was it was just more interesting and it sort of gave him a new layer. But yeah, I'm a big cartoon fan. Doesn't matter how old you are, Josh, I reckon. <laughs> so we'll move on to talking about this week's film that was picked by Matt and he picked Jack Reacher from 2012. So spoiler warning listeners if you haven't seen it. So Matt, tell us what is the film about and why did you pick it? Well, it's a it's a really hard question, you know, pick a film from the past that you that you think is underrated or something. And I, I thought about it a long long time and I kind of had all sorts of different options. And the one I came came up with was Jack Reacher because I think it is underrated. Um it was it was quite successful-ish. I think it did quite well and stuff, but um I think it was underrated partly because it was very controversial uh, at the time. The reason it was controversial was because it was based on all these novels by Lee Child. He'd done, you know, dozen uh, over a dozen at that time, and then you know he's done loads more since. And there was this big question of who should play Jack Reacher because the the character of Jack Reacher is this sort of mythical character who turns up at the beginning of the story. He's huge. He's he was in the army, but he's now a sort of drifter. He doesn't really own anything. He when he buys clothes, he buys clothes one at a time. He sort of walks into a shop, buys all of the clothes he needs, puts them all in all the ones he's wearing in the bin, and walks out. and And there's a scene in the film where he does that, which is which is really fun. Um, 
But there was all this kind of yeah controversy amongst uh, the fans about who's going to play it. And then Tom Cruise, I think, basically bought the rights, and he's the producer, and he really fought to be Jack Reacher. And the problem with Tom Cruise is he's not big enough. He's five foot seven, I think. He's you know he's you know he's built, but he's not huge. He's not a massive you kind know, of lump of a guy, which Jack Reacher is meant to be. And so there was this all this controversy. And I remember when the film came out all this swirling around. And I'd never read any Jack Reacher books. I'd never, I'd sort of heard of it, but never read them. And because of all this controversy, I read, I started reading the books and um, sort of heard oh, about it. And interesting, thought, interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I think I was on holiday or something and I kind of downloaded one onto my Kindle and thought, I'll just give it a go. I was absolutely obsessed with them. I absolutely loved them. <laughs> they're really, I mean, I've, I've read all of them, I think now. Um, and they're, re- I just love them because they're really, um, they're very. I think they're very well written, but they're kind of classic sort of uh, wish fulfillment stories with this hero who comes in and sorts the world out. And they're sort of like a mix between like a western and a kind of thriller and all this kind of stuff. And so it was actually a little while before I watched the film because I'd heard all this controversy about it, and I read the books and I was like, oh yeah, the books are great. And then I heard about this film, and I was like, oh why? Well, I, I don't know if I. And actually, I, I really think it's a really decent film. Like I think it's a really well put together uh, action thriller. I think Tom Cruise is really good in it. I still think there is a question as to whether he's the right character, right actor to play that character. I'm sure we'll get onto that. But I think as a film, as a sort of standalone film, if you didn't know about the books, if you didn't know the history, I think it's a really good thriller. Like it really works, and it's it's got a lovely idea. Like the, I think the first, I think in some ways my favourite bit of the film is the first five six minutes, which is completely dialogue free. Mm-hmm. It's this sort of setup of. Um, it's it's really well put together. It's great sort of overhead shots, and then these kind of strange close ups of someone building a, a, a um, someone making bullets and putting a gun together. And it's, it's basically a sniper who shoots seemingly five random people. Um, and a, it's a I think a, a fantastic sequence. And then you see them all being shot, and then you see the police going to the scene and finding various clues, and then you find the man being arrested, but you you know immediately that they've arrested definitely the wrong person because it's not the same guy as we saw shooting. And then he is being questioned, and then all he does is writes, get Jack Reacher on a piece of paper. And it's this kind of thing of, how are we going to get Jack Reacher? And then there's this conversation, and, and there's this sort of lowdown of who is Jack Reacher and all the stuff I've said you know he's won a purple heart and a silver star and he's he's this veteran and all this kind of he's someone who doesn't play by the rules and he's but he's also a ghost and there's no way of finding him and where's you know how are we ever going to get him and then they say how are we going to get Jack Reacher and at that moment like the assistant opens the door and goes there's a guy here waiting for you he's called Jack Reacher and it's a lovely moment (laughs) and it's a real sort of nice again like a real sort of uh yeah sort of twisting of expectations where you sort of think it's going to be about how do we find who this guy and then it's he's there and yeah. it's tom cruise <laughs> and it's and i think that that for me sums up the film it's it's it actually th- there's quite a lot of the film which is which which is a little bit surprising scenes go in slightly different directions there are scenes which you think are going to be funny which turn out to be quite sort of savage and other scenes that you think are going to be quite uh sort of um yeah quite tough and they actually are quite funny and you never quite know where you are with it and um, and I think I'll always watch a film with Tom Cruise in. He's he's just a great film star, you know. He just he's a great, and even though he's he's not this big imposing presence, he has got physical presence, and you believe that he can beat people up. You could you believe he's got all that kind of skill, um, but yeah, perhaps not the the kind of uh, maybe not the kind of 
mythical kind of man mountain <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that people were expecting. Um, so yeah, so that yeah, that's why I picked it. I think. So yeah, I always felt that with Tom Cruise, it's kind of more about his agility and more about his skill, less about being this imposing physical presence, but still being quite dominant in a different way. Uh, Josh, I know you too are a, quite a big fan of Tom Cruise. Yeah. So had you seen this film before? Or had you heard of it? I, I definitely heard of it. I hadn't actually seen it. It'd been on my radar for a time for a little time. I, as you say, I do. I really like Tom Cruise. I just think he, he he very rarely, although he has done, but he very rarely makes a bad film. He usually brings a quality and a charisma to pretty much everything he does. Um, so I was excited to watch it. I did know the main thing I knew about it. Uh, my dad really likes the books as well, the Lee Child books. The main thing, so does yeah, my dad, the, the main yeah. <laughs> the main thing I knew about it was the controversy around Tom Cruise because I remember a lot of people when it was being cast were sort of. Um, wanted like The Rock or Vin mm. Diesel because he's he's a bit and it, and it's not even the it's not even that he's a little bit tall he, he's it's very he's it's very man. specific yeah. in the books that it's something like he's six five he's carved oh, out of okay. stone so by the time this goes out the the new series will have aired on Prime which is just called Reacher yeah and if you look at the guy they've cast he is so much different to Tom Cruise mm. he's a lot more like the book so I'm quite interested to watch that now that I've watched this and see how mm. different it is. But you're absolutely right, Matt. It's not about his size. And same with you, Alcee. It's not about his size. It's about just, you just believe that he could do the things that he does. And I was and I was really interested to watch it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it early. I really enjoyed it. Really, you, really yeah. enjoyed it. I thought you might. Well, it's, just a, it's just a great action thriller. It's just, it's just, it's just, I think it's what you, well, it's not, you know, it depends what you want. Everyone wants different things. But sometimes, like Matt says, it's escapist, it's, you know, it's fantasy fulfilling, wish fulfillment, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you just want to see that sort of thing. And it's a great blockbuster. Um, what about you, Atlas? Because I know you've sort of had mixed feelings on Tom Cruise in the past. Um, what Had you seen it before? What did you think? Uh, so I hadn't seen it before. I was very much aware of it. Like I said, my dad has read all the books. I do think my brother may have read all the books as well. And I went into it with quite low expectations. I thought it was going to be quite cheap, quite disposable. You know, a lot of it not makes sense. We've had quite a recurring thing on this podcast, it feels, when we look at a film that has been adapted from a book, you can just feel where the gaps are. You can feel that, oh my gosh, there was such potential here, but it didn't quite didn't quite make it. Um, but I was really pleasantly surprised and I liked it so much more than I thought I would. Um, like you've already touched on there, Matt, the opening scene I think is really, really clever. You get about, like, it's like six, seven, eight, nine minutes of no dialogue whatsoever. It's all about the visuals. It's all about building this tension, even though you don't really know what's going on. Something that I really, two things actually that I really enjoyed about it was the view through the sniper rifle. So you've got this, you know, just a different way of telling a story. It's not just your standard camera angles. It's not just your standard visuals. You're getting something extra. And then the fact that he shoots five people because I just wasn't expecting that at all. I was like, right, he's going to shoot one guy. There's the guy, this guy in a suit on a bench. Yeah, that looks like the kind of guy a, a sniper would kill. He's important. He's got money or whatever. And then he kept shooting. And he's like, some of them are women and some of them are with children. And I was like, oh my God, this is chaos. And I just thought that was a really, really strong opening. It's hard, doesn't it? Because, I mean, actually, I think I might be wrong, but I think it was delayed because of that. So I think when it came out, there was the Sandy Hook shooting... Or there was a shooting. There was oh, a there was a shooting me, in America. Yeah. I think it was Sandy Hook. I'm there always is, sure. sadly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of the shootings. 
was in yeah. America mm. and um, it was delayed for a little, you know, a couple of weeks or something for, for, because of that. Because that open sequence really is quite... I mean, it's, I don't know. I've never been in the army, but it's also quite realistic. So I think it, it hits quite hard because, like you say, he does mm-hmm. pick. Well, as as it comes into the plot, he picks some people that that he wants to kill, but he also picks random people to cover mm. his tracks. And like you say, it's not just men; it's it's women. It's someone with a child. It's it's quite harrowing, really, when you actually think of the reality of it. And yet, it's also very not graphic. Mm. I think that's mm-hmm. it's it's really it's one of those action films where there is a lot of violence. But you, you never. It's never gratuitous. Mm. You never sort of see. It's not gory. Um, particularly that opening sequence isn't gory. But there, are, but it's shocking because there are moments which really hit. There's a lot of really clever camera work. There's a really lovely, beautiful overhead shot of the the crime scene when the sun is very strong. So there are these uh, huge the shadows hour. across it. Yeah, and so the shadows are kind of crossing, and you see the the body and the shadow of the body, and then the the shadow of the. Um, the police car approaching and so it's it's i found some of those uh, watching it again this week i found some of that cinematography is just great really it's really mm. artistic and um almost sort of kubricky you know mm. there were moments where i was like oh this you know really cleverly framed shots and stuff yeah it was uh, yeah i uh I, I think it's really good. Yeah, and it's quite varied shots as well, and it didn't just feel like standard. It wasn't just shot, reverse shot, reverse shot, or whatever. There was quite a lot going on, so you didn't really have time to get bored, I thought. I did think, I felt engaged through mm. the whole thing, really, from start to finish. Um, I really enjoyed the way that the story unravels. Now, this is something that I have criticised other films for before, about doing these kind of exposition dumps, about just loading off all this information at you all at once. But I feel like this film did it really, really well. And as we've seen, Josh, with things like The Beach, Mm. when you don't do that, when you've adapted something from a book, you miss out on a lot of very key moments. So when certain things happen to certain characters, you don't really care and you don't really understand why. But I feel like this film did it really well and the way it did it was it would have two characters having a conversation and then you'd get tons of cutaways you'd start watching whatever it is that they're talking about when they're talking about all the different people who sadly got killed by this sniper you get to see their lives playing out and that is a really good way to get you engaged and to get you actually feeling something for the characters so that what's happening you feel actually has consequence and I've just found a lot of the times in this film things that would usually annoy me just didn't. Yeah. It's like they were doing they were doing like mm. these tried and tested things, but then putting a different spin on it. So just to make sure that, oh no, you haven't actually seen anything quite like this before. I just thought it was really interesting. Um, what about you, Josh? What else did you like about it? Following on from what you just said there, I think a lot of that down is down to Christopher McQuarrie, who's who's the director and the writer. Now I think so him and Tom Cruise have worked together a lot. He's the director of at mm. least the last two Mission Impossible films. And this yeah. as well. I think this might be the first time they worked together, but it's certainly one I, of the. I think it's the first time that he he directed. Is it, it? right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they've worked together a lot, and, and they and they work really well together. But I, so I'm a big fan of Christopher McQuarrie. His first massive film that most people will know is is The Usual Suspects. So mm. I think he does a really good job of this in the script. It's not a mistake that this is quite. I don't want to say cheesy action thriller, but it's that it, it balances that line between cheesy and fantastical in terms of he's the ultimate mm. man and he's the you know he's the he's the true action hero sort of thing. He's a drifter and all that you know that sort of thing. It's like it's it's like uh, it's that might say about sort of wish fulfillment. It's he, he is a similar. He is the epitome of, of macho action hero in a way, and and I think. 
it would be really easy for this to turn into a sort of early 90s Stallone or Schwarzenegger film. And, and it's not. Mm. And I really like that. So he, he gives a, a credibility and a realism and a, a, a believability to his, char- to his characters, which, which also is helped is, is help by Tom Cruise's performance. So I think they get it spot on by creating a, a, a myth around them. And like what you said there, Alice, there's a lot of show don't tell. So when mm. Rosamund Pike's character is talking about every victim, that's the scene you're talking about and you see all of their lives, but then she shows and then he unpicks it and sort of says, well, this is why this, you know, this is why this person was here and can't really have been there. And there's a lot of really good things where you're figuring it out because they use Rosamund Pike's character sort of as your, the way you're watching the film, your, your sort of narrator, if you like, um, not narrator, but you know, you, you're, you're experiencing it alongside her. And I thought that was really interesting because she has all these theories and then he explains them. So you're learning as she learns. But like you say, when you adapt a book, you've got to get the structure right and you've got to get the the sort of balance of information, how you feed your audience right, because you can't just go, this is everything you need to know and now here's all the bits mm-hmm. that we want to show you. You know, here's all the action. For an action thriller, there's probably only three short action scenes, which is the fight in the bar, the car chase and the ending. That, oh, the car chase. Car chase I like that great. one. Um, I like that bit. I did. So they do, they do some really great tension building as well, like you said there, with the with the the opening, the finding out the exposition around the characters that before the car chase as well. There's a pause between Tom Cruise's character and David Yellowo's character, which which seems like about 20 minutes, where they're just yeah, staring yeah, yeah. at each other. Just looking at each other. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's and it's a really good I think it I think there's a quality to this film which makes it a cut of a, above more sort of more standard action films, which I think is something that Tom yeah. Cruise does really well. I think so, and I think it, partly it's just getting good actors. Yeah. You know, you've got David Yellowo, you've got um, Richard Jenkins. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. the DA, Rosamund Pike. You've got Werner Herzog. <laughs> great you know, villain, it's a great villain. little cameo role as the villain, who's just this guy who chewed his own fingers off in prison. <laughs> which, if you think about it for too long, makes no sense at all um, that he would somehow be this villain. But he's, he's, he's almost like a kind of cartoon villain. He's so villainous, you know. And yet, but, but he is somehow still somehow believable because he's just a mm. great actor and it, you know, it works in those scenes. And he's not, um, he's not in it too much. You know, he's kind yeah. of in it mm. a little bit. So you don't kind of start going, this is mad. Um, but I think you're right with the plot. And I think that's partly to do with Chris McQuarrie's script and also partly just the the, the source material. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he, Lee Child is very good at writing very propulsive kind of kinetic plots where everything is linked to the next thing. Um, and the other thing about writing a, you know, um, the other thing, sorry, about adapting a book like this is that one of the um, great things about Jack Reacher sort of famously is that he doesn't say very much. Um, that he, as a character, he's quite a um, quite a taciturn character. He comes and says what he needs to say, and that's all. In fact, I've I've read a book and got it. I'm just looking it on my shelf. I've still got it, um, which is written by a, uh, a literature professor who um, who followed uh, Lee Child over a year as he was writing a book, and it's called Reacher Said Nothing because that's one of the most common phrases in Lee Charles' books is Reacher Said Nothing. And it's it, and and actually watching the film again, it really reminded me of that of how there's a lot of scenes where Tom Cruise just doesn't have to say anything because he just does it with a look or with a with a smile or with with action. And there's that great. I think you missed one of my favorite scenes actually, Josh, when you said there aren't any fight uh, action scenes. My other favorite scene, apart from the ones you mentioned, is the fight scene in the bathroom. Yeah, 
I've, I've, where the two yeah, guys the, get sent the, to the baseball to, bat scene. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's one of the fun. It's a, such a brilliant. Just on its own, you can just watch it on its own as like a as a as a brilliant piece of directing and, and acting and, and and how he's because I think what they've done very cleverly with this film, which I think perhaps if you were adapting different Reacher novels, you wouldn't always necessarily be able to do this because sometimes he comes across as a bit more of a superhero than others. But I think in this film, they've managed to make him feel quite human. Mm. Those those scenes where he doesn't have... He's not like an Arnie or a Stallone. He doesn't turn up with all the weapons and he doesn't turn up fully armed to the teeth and ready to go. He's like, he's always improvising. He's always trying to find something to fight with. He doesn't have a gun at the... You know, the guy at the end doesn't give him a gun. He gives him a knife and it's like, well, how am I, what am I meant to do with this? And he's always he's always reacting to circumstance. And in, in that scene where he's he's looking around the house and trying to find the guy who he's looking for and these two men have been sent to attack him and one of them hits him with the baseball bat but he sort of does it a bit too fast and it hits the edge of the door and he collapses in the bath and it it's almost like a slapstick scene it's all, it yeah, could almost it be in a, a bit, in a comedy yeah. film you know it's sort of and then, and yet suddenly it then becomes really vicious you know there are moments where he grabs the you know guy, uh, impales a guy's eye or whatever and it's suddenly pretty nasty but it, you see that he's it's all about improvisation it's about finding it doesn't feel choreographed it doesn't feel like he's he knows what he's doing. There's always a sense in which the next second is is up for grabs. I liked the little bits of comedy that were in the script. It very much yeah. blurred the lines. And I, and I think a lot of good action films do this, where they blur the line between comedy, thriller, action. After the car chase, he tries to blend in with a bus stop crowd and someone oh, gives him... Oh, that's lovely. I love that Someone scene. gives yeah, him yeah, a hat yeah, and yeah. he just puts it on and stands there. Like, yeah. I love that sort of thing. Little bits of little bits of comedy interwoven with action mm. i think i think it's a it's a it's a difficult thing to get right and this film does get it right and then and then you talking about great actors then you've got robert duval mm. who turns up towards the end of the film and you know in some ways I, I you know in some ways i would say perhaps the film is a bit long and maybe that scene towards the the robert duval sequence could maybe be a bit shorter but on the other hand it's robert duval and he's great fun and he's this kind of he's this uh shooter who knows how to do sniping and um and clearly there's a and, and it's a really interesting scene because you it's a sort of tense it's quite a tense scene where he does the uh the snipe test i, I feel like i'm using these words wrong but, um <laughs> he does the he does the shooting test uh and it's and, and you sort of you feel like is he is he on his side is he not on his, is he a bad guy and then there's that there's that very clever editing where it looks like there's a person coming to walk towards him but in fact that's actually a sort of integrated flashback of the previous. Mm. Just little touches like that where they build tension through editing, through, um, through again, non-dialogue, where I feel like an, a, another film would have, been, would have hit you over the head with it and would have been a lot more like, obvious, this is what's happening. And I like that you never quite know until quite near the end who the goodies are, who the baddies are, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll move on then to talking about anything that we disliked about the film or anything that we would change. So Matt, I'll come to you first. Was there anything on re-watching it again this time? You've just given us a very impassioned uh, conversation <laughs> there about why you like this film. Is there anything that you feel like could have been improved on, anything that you would change? I think it is a bit long. I think it's over two hours. I think it could have been an hour and 40 comfortably. And mm -hmm. I think it did feel a little bit like... There were moments that just there were a few moments where I felt like yeah they they could have made that leap quicker uh, that the 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 Reacher character could have kind of got there a bit quicker. Um, I think selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Ros Pike character isn't brilliant. I don't think she brings a lot to it like I think she's a bit bland as a character and you sort of feel like there isn't I mean in some ways I quite like the fact that they don't sort of do the the cliched sort of sexual chemistry between her and the but it is a bit but they sort of sort of point they sort of throw to that and then it never really happened they don't really do anything in fact the the one the one bit that really annoyed me about this film early on I think it might even be the f- like when you see Reacher for the first time doing his thing where he um, buys his clothes and throws his clothes away, there's about four or five moments where it's almost like a carry-on film where like a like a female character sort of does a kind of crazy like, oh, you're... Yeah, look. yeah they do, <laughs> and, don't they? That's right. And it's, 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 like a James, it's like a sort of James Bond parody or, a, or, or as I say, like a carry-on film where suddenly all the women suddenly... It's like he's wearing... It's like a Lynx advert. Where he's, it's like <laughs> sexy, you know, like he's he's kind of, and they go, oh my god, and it's sort of, and I thought that's not like, yeah, Jack Reacher is a character that the idea is, you know, men want to be him, women want to be with him, that's the idea, but but it doesn't, I don't know, it sort of felt out of place in the film because they then they sort of then don't really do anything with that, and they they make him sort of quite asexual as a character, really, like he doesn't. There's the scene with the girl who he. Um, sort of banters with but there's no there's no chemistry there and there's no chemistry with Ross Pike and it's sort of I think in yeah I think that felt like a misstep it felt like I don't know like they would they'd almost decided to make him it's almost like they started out thinking he was going to be a sort of sexy hero and then we're like actually no that's not what we're after 
Um, so yeah, I think those are the things that, that struck me as being a bit odd this time around. And I think I think the shootout at the end felt a bit... The very end felt a bit abrupt. Like mm-hmm. I think the the bit with... The, the, the when they kind of get into the final showdown and the the, the sort of the, the baddies are revealed, that all felt quite abrupt and mm-hmm. quite sort of like anyway he kills them. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then and, uh, and then it's like they all just kind of walk off as if there's ne- not going to be any consequences to this. And it's like, yeah. well, hang on a minute, the police are going to turn up and find three, four dead bodies, a couple of crashed yeah. cars. You think you can just walk away from this? They're going to have some fucking questions. Do you know what I mean? And it, I th- I think that was the, that was one of the moments where it suddenly became very clear that this was part of a book series. Do you know what I mean? Like it was sort of, I think up until quite late on, you could like, well, this is kind of this could be a standalone thing, and then towards the end, you sort of go, oh, it feels now it's like yeah, it's kind of obviously setting up the next film in a way. But the idea, of, I, I, when I was watching it yesterday, I suddenly thought, oh, it's almost like it's almost like Quantum Leap, <laughs> like he <laughs> like he leaps into a town like solves a problem and then leaps out of it that's kind of what Very happens much, like he becomes yeah. this he's like a sort of it's like an action version of quantum leap and the, the more i after i had that thought i was like no i'm never gonna be able to read one of his books again because <laughs> that's what that's what it will feel like to me um, so yeah so that, i think yeah towards the i think the ending is a bit abrupt and and the other characters sort of just disappear almost they're, they're mm. like anyway we're not gonna be not really bothered about them we're moving on now yeah. um and it's funny because I, w- I watched the sequel a while ago. I haven't seen it for a while, but I do, which I don't think is as good. But in that sequel, they clearly try quite hard to sort of make him more of a sort of rounded character. They sort of bring in other characters and they bring in other... They sort of give him a daughter, I think. And, 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 and so it's sort of suddenly... It's like they're trying to make Reacher into a kind of rounded human being. And actually, that's sort of not... That's not really what works with that character. You know, the character works because he's this kind of slightly mythical character. And I think it was right at the end where you did have this conflict between the slightly more, as you said, Josh, slightly more sort of realistic um, sort of version of him. Then he sort of becomes a superhero right at the end, like in the last five minutes when he shoots the David Oyolo character. You're like, that is that is a very difficult shot. Like, and there's no sort of sense <laughs> in of like... In a split second as well, not just like... Yeah. yeah. There's no sort of build-up to that. It's just, bang, it's done, you know. Uh, and you sort of... you sli- I felt like that was slightly not earned um, in a way. And Rosamund Pike's character, so Helen, was just kind of like, just sort of smiling and almost laughing, you know, not at Mm. the situation or anything, but like Jack Reacher, you know, says something sort of off the cuff or, you know, a bit cheesy to to sort of end it or whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha. And it's like, nah, like... The police are going to have so many questions for yeah. you. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like, who is this man who you've just been working with on this case for the past however many weeks? Just like, oh no, just a drifter. You know, we don't know. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to have you in prison now until yeah. we can find this guy who just killed three, four, five murder suspects. <laughs> like it yeah, was yeah, just, yeah. it wasn't wrapped up uh, quite neat enough for me. And I would certainly agree with your points there. Um, what about you, Josh? Was there anything else for you? S- similar to Matt, to Matt, I think it's a little bit overly long at places i think that might be a byproduct you hate again, a long adapting. film don't you well you like an hour 30 minutes so that's it two hours two <laughs> hours is fine but okay. in this i i think it's a byproduct again of adapting a book i mean i've not read one shot which is based on but i get the impression they they write it and they and they shoot it in some senses and, the, and then they think well what do we cut to make it still make sense and then you end up mm. with it slightly over long because they don't want to cut anything because they they're very wary of staying faithful to the source material and that sort of thing um but 
I think, it, yeah, it's a little bit overly long in places, similar to what Matt says. It's very male, again, to echo. You know, you've only got really the, the one strong female character, which is Rosamund Pike. Every other woman in it either fancies Jack Reacher or gets killed. And, there's, and, and in places, and I know I mentioned about how it's that that perfect tone in, for an action film. It strays a little bit into America in places. Mm. <laughs> but the, yeah. I think you, there, are, there are some bad jokes as yeah, well. There are one or yeah, two bad jokes. There, a are, bit, yeah. there is a bit, there are one or two sort of slightly Arnie in yeah. some Predator or something jokes yeah. where he sort of does, or, or sort of James Bond, 70s James Bond, where he sort of does an off-the-cuff remark and you're like, ah, that was, that didn't quite land. Yeah. That doesn't quite yeah. land, you know. So over, over than that, one thing I would say is, if Tom Cruise is going to be in a film, I like him to have good hair. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it, his hair? He's got the best hair in Hollywood, Tom Cruise. He can do long, he can do short. And in this, his hair's not bad. It's just, it's just anonymous looking hair and i think you got that barnet you got to you got the tom cruise barnet you got to do something with it you got to sexify mm, it a little jack bit but jack reacher is an anonymous kind of guy he doesn't want to be remembered or found so Josh. that's why he just that's, answered that, your own that's question. why that's why he drifts from town to town killing people cuz he exactly, does cuz he doesn't yeah. want to be found <laughs> i'm interested in that. so what did what did you think as in did anything you didn't like uh, so the music really did my nut in a little bit. It was quite prominent and it was very guiding. Mm. So, you know, when something serious was happening and it was like, oh, oh, here's a serious thing, here's some violence. Mm. And this kind of went on throughout. And a lot of the time, instead of it just uh, being absorbed as like a complete package, I was very aware of it. And I was like, right, okay, so now something dramatic's about to happen, something sad's about to happen. I, it was just so, it was so prominent and intentional and it, it, was it was just a bit too much for me like I don't need as much guidance like I'd rather be guided you know through the actions through facial expressions through the words but the music was doing a lot of the guidance and I don't really think it was necessary um some of the motives of the people involved I wasn't 100% clear on so we've got the police officer Emerson I believe who mm. is working with Helen's dad to find out what happened so, please, you can probably answer this for me, Matt, actually. Hmm. So why is he involved with the bad guys who wanted the construction worker company boss dead? What was his I mean, I motivation? Think, yeah, I think the... Uh, that's a good point. I think the motivation of the baddies is weak. Mm. Like, I think it's a weak... They sort of describe it as being... They're like these these this company who sort of... They're like a sort of dark company who go around towns sucking up construction money and uh, making building bridges that nobody needs and building hospitals that nobody's going to be treated in. And, and essentially, it's a sort of, I guess it's a kind of comment on, yeah, corporate corporations of going around leeching money out of places. But it did feel, it always feels, whenever I see it, like a bit, it's a bit of a MacGuffin. It doesn't yeah. really, okay. it's not really meaning. And, and I think, I think the, and yeah, the idea that the Zek, the character that, um, uh, uh, Werner Herzog plays is this sort of yeah he's like a kind of mafia boss or something but but somehow not because he doesn't have all the mafia boss accoutrements like he's not kind of surrounded by soldiers and he's not in quite the same way as you might expect him to be and it's like but he also runs a what a construction company like what hey you know and it sort of doesn't quite I don't think any of that quite fits together and so I think the idea of the the policeman is that he's just corrupt that he's that he's so been paid just, just money it's for money yes, okay money. yeah so that's that's kind of what i assumed yeah and i think it's also like again when you watch it it's like incredibly complicated it's an incredibly complicated plot setup mm. to 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 frame this guy for this murder and and yeah i think it's one of those ones where if you unpick it too much you go back and go why didn't 
why did they do it that in that complicated <laughs> way? Like that's that's a really complicated way to do it. Why not do it? That feels like there must have been simpler ways to do it. But I like it because I do like a film where I've always loved those sort of um, yeah sort of jigsaw puzzle films where like every piece fits in together and eventually every single moment slots into place and that was quite fun that you know that was fun about it but yeah if you it's one of those ones i think if you go backwards through it you go i feel like there would have been a cheaper way of doing it than spending <laughs> six months training a guy to do a thing and you know all that kind of stuff it, yeah it all and felt planting all that evidence for, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. actual guy and all this because like there was so much evidence and the parking thing and all this da, da, da. Um, yeah. so some of that but it, it wasn't enough to ruin it for me um, and then just ultimately, it was quite cheesy at times. But again, th- that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think maybe if you're not going in for that or if that's not your thing, mm. then that might be quite isolating and you might think, oh, no, this isn't quite for me. But overall, I was really pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And it was much, much more, much more better. Much more better. It was, yeah. it was... It was very strongly constructed in a way that I think I just wasn't expecting. Do you know what? One other thing I don't like about it is the title. My friend said that. Just Jack Reacher. Yeah, because it's based on one of the books in the series. I think it's based on like the eighth book in the one series. One shot, it's and called, or something like that. Yeah, it? yeah, and I think that's a much better title. Mm. It's a much better title because it does because it is a, you know, it, it. And I can see why they didn't do it. I can see, but in some ways, I think I like. I, yeah, I think that was part of why there was controversy about it and all this kind of stuff because it's not really. It is a film about Jack Reacher, but it's a film about him solving a, a mystery. It's not just about him. And I think that in some ways it skews the film if you think it's just about him. It's not. It's about a mystery and it's about... A, so I, th- I would have preferred if they'd been more confident in a way and gone like, the, sh- the film is called One Shot starring Jack, you know, Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher rather than... But then it's like, it's yeah, it's like the Indiana Jones thing. It's like if they'd started... You know, because the the first film is called Raiders of the Lost Ark, isn't it? And it's not. It's then the next one's at Indiana Jones and. Mm. And I think it would have been. I can see why in this day and age <laughs> they don't do that. But I think, yeah, in some ways the title it's quite a boring title. Like it doesn't mean anything to anyone who doesn't know who Jack Reacher is already. Um, and I, yeah, I think it would have been more fun if it had been called One Shot because that's I think that's a cool title. Mm. So we'll move on then to the critical reception and try and determine if we do think that Jack Reacher is underrated. So have either of you seen the critical reception first before we go on to this? Josh, you're shaking your head I have not, I have not. Okay, good. What about yourself, Matt? Um, A little bit, yeah, because when I was looking for films to look at, I thought I'll have a quick, I'll just check whether people liked it or not. And I think it was, it felt like it was kind of middling that there were some people who liked it, some people didn't. And as I said, I think a lot of the film got swamped by the kind of controversy of the, the casting, which I think was a bit unfair. Mm, okay, then. So I'll come to you then, Josh. If you were going to rate this, what would you give it? And what do you think it got? If I, What would I give it? I think I think this is a solid 7 out of 10 blockbuster Ooh, action film. Very it's, generous. It's escapist. It's good fun. It's not, you know, it's not too serious. I know there's some elements that are, but it is good fun. It's a good Saturday night film, that sort of thing. Um, how do I think it did... Yeah, probably mixed, probably a bit lower than that, maybe a little bit lower than, mm-hmm. than a seven, because ultimately I do think people people probably had, did get hung up on that casting a little bit. Mm. Um I know and I, I don't think it was absolutely panned, and I do think it, I I think I seem to recall it did relatively well box office wise. So mm-hmm. I would give it a seven. I think it did maybe six out of ten. Okay. 
What would you give this, Matt? Because you've really sung its praises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would, I think I'd, I'm not far off with Josh. I think probably a seven and a half or maybe an eight if I'm feeling generous. Mm. Um, but I think probably realistically, yeah, seven and a half or something. I think it's not, it's not top tier action thriller. It's not die hard. It's not, you know, one of those ones that you could watch over and over again. But I think it has, it has, um, it has more rewatch. Uh, sort of capability than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, at the time of recording on IMDb, it got 7 out of 10. So pretty much bang on there, Josh. And over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 67% and the critics gave it 63%. So really, not too bad. We've seen the mm. critics be pretty mean. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's not too bad. Some of the more negative reviews uh, said things like, it piles on action hero cliches with precision but little flair and it goes on way too long. Another said, Jack Reacher revolves around wild impossibilities and baffling motivations and the conclusion is a whopper that outdoes everything I've discussed above. So what are you thinking then, Matt? I get the feeling that you would say you're happy with your assessment that this is underrated. Yeah, I think it's underrated... Um, and maybe a bit underseen. I think maybe people aren't... I think, it, I think it was one of those films that actually did fine at the time, but then mm. because there was all this sort of chat about it and the casting and stuff, I think it kind of disappeared a bit and people weren't that excited about watching it and um, the sequel wasn't particularly exciting, so I think it sort of went away, basically. So I think it's... I think I would, I would recommend watching it as a standalone action thriller and not thinking about the fact that it's got all of this back backdrop to it and all of these other uh other stories that jack reacher didn't tell because um because as as josh said earlier on they're actually they've actually made a i think it's an amazon prime show, yeah, show I think so, called yeah. reacher with a new character and, and it's starting from the beginning it's starting from the first book and each series is going to be a new book which i'm really excited to see i saw the trailer yesterday and i think it looks it looks quite good so um you know we'll see but I would, yeah, I would say Jack Reacher's, it's almost like a, you know, every so often, they make Batman every, they seem to make a new Batman film every two years. And I, I mm -hmm. prefer the ones which is sort of just like a, a one, you can just watch that on its own. You don't need to know all the backstory. You don't need to know what it's from. Like that, that's a good film on its own. I'll watch that rather than, mm -hmm. oh, this is the third in a 17 you know, <laughs> film sequence where if you haven't seen the first and the second, you won't understand it, you know? Mm -hmm. And what about you, Josh? How are you feeling about Jack Reacher now? Yes, same as Matt. So when we're looking at this, I think the main reaction we're looking at is the critics' reaction. Mm -hmm. So I think 63% is harsh. I think this is a perfectly serviceable, decent action thriller, which is a cut above, you know, maybe your straight-to-DVD ones, and that is mainly by carried by Chris McQuarrie's writing and direction and Tom Cruise, you know, being charismatic AF. Um it's underrated for me. And it's underrated. And it probably is a little bit underseen because there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly disposable, you know, watch it and just enjoy it action film. Or if you like the books, I imagine there's probably more to it for you if, if that if that's your thing. So yeah, I'm gonna say underrated. All right then. There you go, Matt. Jack Reacher <laughs> is gonna slide on in to our underrated vault. Hooray. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> You're goddamn right, is what Jack Reacher says. <laughs> You're goddamn right it is. <laughs> Well, there you go, listeners. Jack Reacher is underrated. You heard it here first. So, Matt, tell us a bit about what you're up to at the moment. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? 
Well, uh, I'm doing stand-up around the country, so you might be able to find me there. Um, but mostly what people probably will be able to find is uh, I make videos a lot. I do um, sort of comedy videos. I make two or three a week if I've got the time, and uh, I try to make the time. Uh, and uh, they're all over on Twitter uh, and YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, I guess, probably, and other places. So, um, yeah, the best place to find me is probably YouTube or Twitter. Um, I'm at Matt at Matt Green Comedy on both of those. Uh, that's my brand all across uh, the internet. So yeah, come and find me. Um, check out my videos. Have your videos been quite consistent since you've been doing comedy or have they taken quite a turn since the whole drama and everything of the past sort of couple of years has been kicking off? Well, to be honest, yeah, I really started making them in lockdown. Um, I had some stuff on YouTube, sort of clips of stand-up and a couple of short films and things that I'd made over the years. But but yeah, no, I, I really started making them during lockdown for want of anything else to do, really. Um, everyone else was, you know, making podcasts and I thought, I, I can't I can't get into that that market. It's too... It's, too, it's uh, a pain in the arse. It's, it's a pain, pretty it's crowded. Many. It's, it's a pain in the arse, honestly. <laughs> it's a crowded market. Um, and actually, and I saw other, you know, one or two other people making little sketches and I thought, oh, that might be something fun to do. And I started making them. And then the first few months I sort of was fairly... I'd make a couple and see how they did and then did other stuff. And then this year, or rather, I guess, 2021, beginning of 2021 onwards, I've been being trying to be quite consistent about it. And uh, I've made sort of over 100, I think, uh, in the last um, sort of, yeah, 12 months or so. So it's, that's, that's been more, that's been real sort of focus since then. I went through a little bit of a phase of thinking kind of, oh my God, have I just kind of grown up a bit too much and now I don't find anything funny? So I was <laughs> looking for good British comedians and like the types that I sort of liked when I was growing up, you know, uh, Lee Evans, Peter Kay, Michael McIntyre. And I'd sort of gone back, I think during lockdown as well, to revisit some of these and just be like, oh, you know, are they still funny? And I just didn't find them funny at all. And I was like, oh man, is my funny fuse broken and now I don't find things funny? And then I discovered Rosie Holt, Troy Hawk, aka Milo McCabe, and then Matt Green. And I realized, oh no, my tastes have just changed. <laughs> oh, that's good but, to know. That's good to know. Yeah. You're absolutely hilarious. I think your videos are brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I've I have spat water on my keyboard many a time <laughs> when watch good. it on. It just comes out. <laughs> That's what, so, I'm, that's what I'm after. That's the sweet spot. I mean, listeners, if you want to lose all control of your bodily functions through laughing, <laughs> then Matt Green is the place for you. We'll put links across all our social media so as well, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. Josh, anything to say to Matt? I can't remember if I've wrapped up properly. <laughs> you want to chime in just in case? Um, yeah, you got anything to say to me? Yeah, got anything um, to say yeah, to me? Got anything? <laughs> this is Jeremy Kyle. That sounded a bit threatening, that. That sounded yeah, like a scene from yeah. Jack Reacher. Got, anything, yeah. got something to say to me? Well, matched. <laughs> <laughs> know where you live. Look. All I've got is a... I've only got a toothpick, yeah. but I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Look out your window, Matt. Guess where I am. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no well, yeah. I mean, thank you very much for coming on. And um, as, as Alice said, I also watch your videos as well. They're brilliant as, as uh, you know, as they have been all through lockdown and all the same as Alice really I've also watched them through lockdown and stuff I think it's not the taste of change I think comedy is just broader now and I don't mean broader in like a in like a you know it's 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 a you know when the whistle blows the Ricky Gervais thing um, of extras broad I think what what I mean is it's people can do more so there's more content. Mm. There's just so much content, isn't there? Yeah, what, you, what you've got on Twitter and, and, and stuff is that we, you know, we can find our audience now in a way that it, it was much harder to do in, you know, even a few years ago. Yeah. That you've got YouTube, you've got Twitter, you can, if you know, so a lot of my stuff is quite political, quite satirical. And I, I would put that out 
and then people who like it respond to it and enjoy it. And if they don't, if that's not your thing, if you're not into politics or you're not into satire, you can just ignore it and mm. you'll never never need to worry about it. And I think that's that's where it's different to, yeah, if you do stand-up or if you do something on TV, you've got to go for a wider audience and you've got to therefore maybe dumb things down a bit or be a bit more kind of careful about what you talk about. Whereas I find, actually, in some ways, the more specific you are, the more niche you're going for it's like anything you know that's the thing people want to want to see something that's a bit niche something that specifically hits what they're interested in um and uh yeah it seems to be working and i suppose with social media and with your kind of comedy as well because you're playing all the characters and you're playing like a different character sort of you know and we cut from you to then you as a different character that would be very difficult to achieve the same effect if you're on stage in front of people and it's like yeah, how exactly. would you manage that Exactly, and so so yeah. When I'm on, when I'm doing live shows, I'm doing stand up, and that's more that's more sort of I guess standard stand up. It's more personal. It's more talking about what I'm interested in and talking about the news a bit and stuff. But yeah, I'm not playing characters on stage. I'm not doing sort of sketches. Um, and yeah, the, the 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 sketch format is infinitely malleable. You can mess around with it. You can do all sorts of stuff with it. And we've all got you know we're all lucky enough to be able to have computers and stuff where you can edit and things in, in a way that, again, just a few years ago would have been impossible. So, yeah, the, the opportunities are, uh, yeah, kind of endless, really. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Green, do make sure you check him out on social media. We'll link you all to his social media pages. He is absolutely hilarious. I would definitely say he is worth a watch. Alice, back to you for next week's mm-hmm. film. So, what are we going with? So... You know when you picked Green Lantern and how excited you were about that? I feel oh, like that God. about this. No, no, don't sigh. Don't rub your face, all right? I've got a treat for you. Next week, we are going to be watching Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. And there is a story behind that, ladies and gentlemen, but we will wait till next week to find out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, well, there we go. I cannot wait. (laughs) Next week, we will be watching and talking about Ewoks, the battle for Endor. Um, Until then, if you'd like to suggest a film or get in touch with us, the address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of them. It's just films and that wherever you're looking. So, yeah, get in touch, give us a follow. And if you get a chance, give us a little rating on wherever you get your podcast. It is always appreciated because it helps other people hear us talk about I Give It A Year and whatever this Ewok film Alice has picked is. We're also on the television every Friday night. We're across the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, we're on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, we're on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Sky on Channel 195 across England. So there's no excuse. You can watch us wherever you are. Yes, there you go. So there's plenty of places to catch us. But please keep listening and, yeah, we will see you next week where we will be talking about whatever this film is Alice has picked. I don't really know what to expect. Until then, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. 
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.